Welcome to another edition of Summer School, the series in which I speak to broadcasters representing SU's opponents in the upcoming football season. I'm Matt Bonaparte. Today, I'm with Don Munson, the play-by-play broadcaster of Clemson football. Don, thanks so much for being with me today. No problem. At the age of 59, I'm glad I don't have to even worry about summer school. (laughs) (laughs) Don, there's no secret Clemson is far and away the best team in the ACC and has been for many years now. The names and faces of the players change all the time, but one constant remains. That's the head man, Dabo Sweeney. What can you say about how he fuels this program and keeps it at the top year in and year out? Well, I, you know, the first thing that I will tell you about him is that he's exactly what you see. He's one of the most genuine people that I've ever been around. He does not let any negativity creep into the program at all. I mean, zero negativity. It's all it's always about the positive. It's about what's in front of you. It's the reason that that banner, best as the standard, hangs inside the practice facility and is all over stuff uh, all around not just Clemson football, but really around the Clemson community, to be perfectly honest with you. So I think that's that's first and foremost. And I think, two is that I don't think that he gets the, the credit for being uh, the X and O coach that I believe that he is. I, I think he's a very good X and O guy. He's And particularly when it comes to making adjustments, and his whole staff is that way. They they Do they come in with a plan? Absolutely. Do they come in with scripted plays? Absolutely. But I think they use all of that to see how the opponent is going to react, and then they they make adjustments from there. And of course, one of the big stories for this program is changing of the guard at the quarterback position. The Tigers go from number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence to maybe perhaps another future number one overall pick in DJ Uyunglele. Obviously, we got to see a glimpse of what he can do against Boston College and Notre Dame last year, but what should Clemson fans expect from this kid on and off the field? Well, I think he's going to be just brilliant, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that uh, that when it is all said and done this year, that he's going to be the best quarterback in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And I think that he's going to be able to separate himself in doing exactly that. He's a guy that has a lot of moxie about him. I love his heart. He has a big, big arm. He has way better feet than than people know. Uh, and he, you know, when I say that, I mean by running the football. Obviously, it's... Six four, six five, you know, almost two hundred and fifty pounds. He's a load back there, so he can do some things in the running game, particularly when it comes to short yardage situations. And I, I think that uh, I think when it is when DJ's career is all said and done here at Clemson, I'm not so sure that he may be the best one that's ever played at quarterback. And that's saying a lot when you consider who we've had at quarterback. Yeah, that's definitely a tremendous statement. And you mention his ability to move but also have that huge frame at the ACC kickoff in Charlotte back in July he said the one thing he has that Trevor didn't was his weight the guy is like you mentioned 6'4 6'5 250 pounds you kind of answered it but what kind of numbers do you expect from him on the ground we know he has the great arm but what is he going to do with the legs uh, you know, that's going to be really interesting to see because I think that that will be something that as the season rolls along, that they'll maybe make DJ more and more part of the running game. That was not anything different than you saw from Deshaun or going back to when Taj Boyd was, was that quarterback in this system, even with Trevor uh, in this system. It seemed like later on in the year, big game situations, 
is when they really use the running ability of of the quarterback. But you know, I I would be surprised maybe if DJ during the regular season has more than say 400 yards rushing. But wow. you know, if he can give them 400 yards rushing uh, throughout the regular season, I think that's a that's a big big plus because I know what he's going to be able to do with his arm. So just just the threat of him being able to to run the football some, I think, is going to cause problems for a lot of defensive coordinators. And as for this backfield, with Travis Etienne's departure to the NFL, Clemson's left with an inherently lesser running game. Etienne was arguably the greatest running back in the history of the ACC, so some big shoes to fill for Lynn J. Dixon. What do you expect from this team's run game? Will Dixon evolve into an ETN type, or will the offense be a lot more pass-heavy? Well, I think it's going to be by committee, to be perfectly honest with sure. you. I don't think it's just going to be Lynn Jay. I think this also will be a kid by the name of Kobe Pace, who got a little bit of playing time last year. Will Shipley, the new freshman running back that is here on campus, has turned everybody's head. So I think those three guys primarily. There's another young freshman the name of Phil Maffa. Uh, who also could figure into to things. And then a uh, six-year guy, a former walk-on, is now a scholarship player in the name of Darian Rencher. But I think really when it comes down to carrying the football, the, the, the abundance of it is going to go to Shipley, is going to go to Kobe Pace, and it's also going to go to, to Lynn Jay. So those three guys are going to have to have to figure out a way to put together numbers that, that one person put together. Like you said in, in Travis Etienne, you know, in my mind, Travis, you could make an argument, forget running back in the Atlantic Coast Conference. You can make a, a very strong argument for him being the best player that's ever come through the Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah, you absolutely can. I mean, he was an absolute stud, uh, a guy that is probably going to have a lot of success with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville this year. Uh, but as for DJ's targets, this offense's receivers, Amari Rogers is off to bigger and better things in Green Bay. He kind of led the pack last year, but a familiar face returns. That's Justin Ross. For those who don't know, Ross was a stud for Clemson in both 18 and 19, though discovered a potentially career-threatening condition in which he required surgery on his spine and neck. Safe to say everyone around the college football landscape is happy to have him back in the game. Uh, though that being said, it's unclear whether or not he'll come out and perform like he did in those first two seasons of course we know he has it in him but what do you expect from the returning star well first and foremost you know justin dropped some weight he's down to 208 pounds so he's not as he's not as big and i think the the question becomes all right during all of this what has justin actually done for instance in the weight room to make sure that his body can take the pounding of the full season uh so i think that's that is one of the question marks that that comes at you uh he has not he was just released to be with a team so he's kind of going through an acclimation process as we talk at this time in frame so uh he's still got a you know probably another good uh, you know the acclimation period is usually five days five practices but you know in retrospect he's probably got another really good two weeks to kind of get get through stuff now if he is the justin ross of old then he's going to be one of the three best wide receivers in college football. I mean, there's, there's just no doubt about that. And so that's what all Clemson fans are certainly hoping is that he will be the, the Justin Ross uh, of old. And I don't think there's really a whole lot from what I have seen being around him this summer, just uh, kind of walking around on the practice field and, and looking at him. I don't think there's any reason to not believe that he is going to be, but probably the biggest hurdle that he has to cover with, our, with everything that I've already mentioned is just the mental aspect of it. 
he's going to have to go in there and take that first shot, not take that first shot, but probably those first three, four, five shots, and then be able to pick himself up and get back on his feet and go out there and do it again. Uh, you talk to any injured athlete, particularly when you've had one of the severity of which Justin has been through, uh, that to me is the biggest thing is just between the ears to make sure that mm-hmm. mentally that you're straight and that you're right for what is coming at you. And speaking of guys returning, on the other side of the ball, Clemson's defense has plenty of guys coming back, one of those being linebacker James Skalski. At the ACC kickoff, Coach Sweeney said outright that this guy will be a coach for the Tigers when he hangs it up and already is sort of a player coach right now. He called Skalski their own Pete Rose, which I found hilarious. What can you say about his impact on the team as a leader and a teacher? Well, I mean, he's obviously a six-year guy. He's got a chance to do something that, probably no other college football player will ever do again in college football history unless we go through another pandemic and that's play in six different playoff years yeah i mean he said that's the kind of the kind of thing that he he has the ability to do but uh one he is he is very heady uh he is uh he's a he's a better athlete i think than people realize uh, as well and it's a, you go back and you look at the history of Clemson in the last two seasons. Clemson doesn't lose usually when James Skowski is on the football field for Clemson. It's been those moments in time where James has not been available to Clemson, where Clemson has lost a game. I think other than the LSU game, I guess the national championship game in 19. Uh, so I'm trying to think if that's if I think that Skowski was on the field for uh, for that contest as well. But other than that, they, they have been winners, uh, in, in college football the last, last couple of years. So Skowski is that guy and he is, he's just an extension of Brent Venables. And when you're a defensive coordinator, especially a linebacker coach, that's exactly what you're looking for. Well, that's really high praise for a guy who has been a great player for Clemson for a long time. Sticking with the defensive theme, this D-line has the potential to be incredibly special. A ton of talent in the likes of veterans like Xavier Thomas, Justin Foster, and K.J. Henry, along with the stellar sophomore, former number one national recruit, Brian Brissee. Do you expect a historic year from this Clemson D-line? Oh, I, I think we've seen some historic years by Clemson's defensive line here, you know, recently, going back primarily to, excuse me, to, to 2014. Um, and then obviously what that 18 uh, defensive front four did. This has the makings of, of being that. They're a little bit younger group, though, than either of those groups that, that I just mentioned. I mean, this is still primarily a group that is made up of sophomores, redshirt sophomores, redshirt freshmen, freshmen, Tyler Davis being the, uh, the lone guy that's kind of out of that. Uh, but yeah, there's, it's not just the, and it's not just the starters, it's the depth that is on the defensive line. This will be a group at defensive tackle that will be four or five deep at defensive end though. They may be 60 at three at each wow. position. And so when you can have that kind of rotation and be able to keep those fresh bodies on the field, uh, I mean, one of the names you didn't even mention was Miles Murphy. Obviously, Xavier Thomas is is another guy uh, who looks like he's just going to have just a wrecking ball kind of season uh, at defensive end. And then there's some other guys, you know, that are that are there. They're going to be able to give Clemson good quality snaps. So when you have that kind of rotation, that kind of depth that is up front, 
There's a kid by the name of Kevin Swint. You probably don't even know who Kevin Swint is. I don't. Uh, but he was a he was a linebacker that was converted to, over to a defensive end. He has changed just completely his body. He's number 14. Kevin Swint, and he'll be a redshirt freshman, he is a guy that could start at 120, 125 other schools right wow. now. Uh, I mean, he's that kind of a player. And so when you have that kind of depth that is there, I think it does bode very well. Now you got to go, you got to put it all together. It's still young. So how do they put it all together? How do they, how do they keep up their consistency, their fundamentals, all of that kind of stuff are, are what going to, is what is going to make a historic season. If they can do that kind of thing, then yeah, they can have a historic kind of year. Certainly a special group. And moving into the secondary, things really don't slow down. I'm starting to think this defense is a lot better than this offense. You've got Nolan Turner, Andrew <laughs> Booth, Mario Goodrich, all returning, studs across the board. We know these guys are great. My question to you is which ACC quarterback do you think they'll have the most trouble with, if any at all? Oh, no, they'll have problems with an ACC quarterback, and they'll have problems with more than just one. Um, I think that uh, Jerkovic is, is the one that probably comes out uh, to me the most. Uh, I love what they're doing at Boston College offensively. I just absolutely love what they're doing. And Boston College caused problems for Clemson last year. Uh, but I think that that's, to me, that's really one of the games. Uh, when you have a, uh, when you have obviously, you know, Clemson and, and North Carolina aren't scheduled to meet in the regular season. But, you know, certainly uh, that could be that could be problems in, a, in an ACC championship game if Clemson is yep. fortunate enough uh, to get there to that, to that situation. I think Kenny Pickett at, at Pittsburgh, the meeting that Clemson will have at Pittsburgh, uh, that'll be, what, early that early October, late September, sometime in that frame. Uh, you know, that's that's another possibility uh, as well. So there's going to be a there's going to be more than just one quarterback who will give this this Clemson defense uh, some fits. The, the question is, is can they score uh, consistently against this Clemson defense? Clemson offensively is is going to be a team that's probably going to average better than, than 30 points a game. Uh, and I don't know that, that there's going to be very many people offensively that are, that are going to be able to score that many points against this Clemson defense. My last question for you, Don. We all know about the stars on this team, but what about the hidden gems? Who's one guy on this team fans might not know the name of now, but certainly will come bowl season? Well, I think I mentioned one to you in Kevin Swin. Yep, I, I thought you'd that, go there. That is, that is certainly one uh, guy over on the, on the defensive side. If I had to look over on uh, the the offensive side of the football, it's a guy around here that's getting some play, and that's a Joe Joe. Uh, he's a he's a wide receiver. Uh, he's a kid that came out of Canada, had not played a tremendous amount of organized football. But he is an athletic freak, and he's an he's just an athletic specimen. I mean, he's just six five, around better than two hundred and twenty pounds uh, at at wide receiver. Uh, he has all the makings of being a Calvin Johnson like guy uh, at wide receiver, and the lights coming on for him. And so he's very he's already you know not very good, but he's getting to that point where 50-50 balls are more than fifty percent in his favor. Right now in in practice, you know, that that was some of the the things that some of our great wide receivers have done here at Clemson. You know, Mike Williams was a guy who I don't think ever got enough play here at Clemson for his 50-50 ball, 
catches. I mean, it was more like 80-20 in Mike's favor. Same thing with Duke Hopkins when he when he was here. It was more like 80-20 in his favor. Uh, Joe is one of those guys. I, I think that when it's all said and done this, this season, I don't know if he's going to be to 80-20, but I think he's going to be like at 65-35. And if that's the case, then then he's going to be a name that when he gets the bowl season and late, he's definitely going to be an impact player for Clemson. Shaping up to be another great year for the Clemson Tigers. Don, thanks so much for taking the time with me. If you want to follow Don, head over to Twitter at WDonaldMunson. If you want more of our coverage, go to orangefizz.net or at orangefizz on Twitter. I'm Matt Bonaparte. See you next time.